Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to Sweet Tea and Lemonade, where four sister friends talk it up and slice up life's lemons and make nice sweet tea and lemonade. Family, a lot of hot topic family dynamic issues have been making news in our national and international news even. From Kirk Franklin and Son to Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry to Kanye and Kim Kardashian, we've had a lot of family dynamic issues that have made the news. And so today we're talking about when families feud and we're exploring the challenges of the individual as a part of the family unit. Please be sure to drop your questions and your comments into the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. So, Rhonda, you started off talking about we've had a lot of hot topics uh, going on, and I have seen the memes of the calendar uh, where we have all these things come up in each month. So what has been the biggest thing that you've seen in the news when it comes to family dynamics? I've seen a lot of discussion around Kirk and Son and Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry as it relates to colorism as it relates to mental health access. I've also looked at the love ambassador. I don't think I said his name, Derek Jackson and wife, you know, this, this gentleman who put out a book about how to keep men from cheating. And so there are a lot of issues around that and all of it kind of had a common thread. It was, it was about what's okay in families and what's not okay. And you got, if you talk to 10 different people, you got 10 different answers as to what was okay and what was not okay. And so what do we think is okay and what's not okay in a family? Because when you said that, I started thinking, what would I say? So what would we say? Mm. Yeah. From my perspective, people know me, they know I love the word, uh, well, there's several words, but one is going to be validation. Right, like I think, and what I mean by that, validation doesn't mean agreement. It doesn't mean that I agree with all of your opinions, everything, but it does mean that I'm gonna at least take some time to seek to understand your perspective and try to understand where you're coming from, understand, like to me, so all of this is okay. And to me, necessary in families to just like, just like, can we understand? Can we understand that this is somebody's experience, even if it's of us? We might not agree, but that is their experience of us. That's how they feel and that's their opinion. So we can validate their experience, just hear it, understand it. It doesn't have to mean I agree with it. So that's one thing is okay, is validation. Okay to validate. It's interesting um, because in so many families, people don't validate. You know, many children grow up in families to where children have to be seen and not heard. If you offer any kind of dissenting opinion, it's considered dishonoring or being disrespectful. So I hear you say validate on one hand, but my lived experience and what I hear in, in sessions daily is that grownups don't feel like sometimes their parents give them the space to express a differing opinion without it being considered disrespectful or dishonor, especially in the Bible Belt. Well, I was thinking about what's not okay <laughs> as well. Um, I think I think for a lot of people, if it's a lack of support, if it's toxic communication, poor communication, 
I think jealousy, um, controlling behaviors, um, I don't know, resentment, like you said, dishonesty. And I don't know, I just feel like this, I guess it's, it's constant stress, something that's constant. And, you know, it's not like these one-time incidents, but these are things that are not okay in relationships. Um, these patterns of toxic um, behaviors. Um, yeah. Even, and, it, and neglect, like ignoring needs. I mean, I'm thinking more beyond just a parent-child relationship, but even marriage and um, siblings and all of that. So, hmm. Nikita said everything. She went through the whole list of what's not okay. Um, but you, you mentioned the word toxic, and I feel like that's thrown out a lot now. You know, you when you see these memes, when you see a, a, a post on Instagram, it's always like, "I don't want to be in no toxic relationship." You toxic. So what do I mean? What does it mean to be toxic? How do we know that's what we're experiencing? Well, I think Nikita hit the nail on the head when she said something that's consistent in a pattern. Right, because I think it's one thing if if somebody experiences the emotion of jealousy or they feel like just some emotion of, of sad or anger at someone, it's one thing to experience that, but I think it's how we respond to it. So I think if it's a pattern of because of whatever was triggered and because of whatever somebody feels, now all of a sudden the way they're responding to that in a way that's a pattern is making the other person or some, somewhere in there, somebody's feeling dismissed like chronically, like a pattern of it, their self-esteem is being impacted, people feel like they can't be themselves, certainly if abuse is taking place. We know if anything like physical abuse, some of those things are clear, um, but if it's destructive, if it gets in the way of this person's ability just to be who they are, achieve goals and values, and somebody is, is doing things that puts them in a consistent position um, of, of some aspect of their life, self-esteem-wise, their spiritual life, their sexual life, something is going on that's being violated, right? Somebody's being violated in some way. And not allowed to be your authentic self without being dismissed or judged harshly or spoken you know, poorly to. I think you should be able to be in, an, in a relationship, express yourself honestly without fear of retaliation of someone ghosting you or abandoning you or what have you. Now, sometimes as you're expressing yourself and they're expressing themselves, you realize that this is not, this isn't going to work. But I, I don't mean if you say something that I disagree with for eight days, I'm going to completely ignore you. I'm going to try to manipulate you into agreeing with me. There's a healthy place for disagreement there's a healthy place for agreeing to separate for, you know, a few days or a few hours to collect your thoughts, but, you know, manipulating someone, attempting to control them by your absence or your presence or with, withholding uh, resources that they absolutely need, that's abuse, that's dysfunction. Mm -hmm. I don't know what y'all term it as, it's dysfunction when I'm not allowed to be who I am, my authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's a great definition because sometimes when we're trying to experience, you know, figure out are we experiencing a toxic relationship, you know, if I can't be me, then there's something there that's just not, it's dysfunctional, it's not going to function well for me. Mm -hmm. But I had another question because you mentioned the word trigger. And so are we responsible for triggering, you know, things in other people? Ooh. 
that's a good one. I know I jumped in on that, but that is a good one. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, that's big for me. Like, what are we responsible for? Because I believe we can be responsible to a situation, right? But not for it. Like, for people's response and for people's emotion, right? So if somebody has done the work, right? If they have done the work, they understand that something triggers them. You have that awareness. Maybe they have a trauma history. Maybe they have, you know, previous, whatever it is. We all have our maybe triggers and our buttons. But if people, if you know that they've articulated that, I don't think we can be responsible for their emotions because that, that's unhealthy. I think that gets into a dysfunctional dynamic to be responsible for their emotions. But me personally, I do believe there's room to be responsible to the situation, to have a measure of grace and sensitivity and mercy to kind of know, okay, this is a trigger for their person. Hopefully they're actively working on it, either in therapy, um, if they're a person of faith with their relationship with God, they're praying about it, they're allowing God to work in them about that. So let me just not be reckless and be ridiculous and say and do things that I know is something that could potentially trigger them. So let me walk in love with them and not do that. While at the same time, if we try to do all we can and still it was in our tone, something we said, our facial expression, it still triggered something for them. You know, I think they really have to take on that responsibility for their emotions with that. For me, I can acknowledge that I did not mean to hurt you or to disappoint you, but I refuse to be in a relationship that I have to walk on eggshells in order to engage you. So if you want, and, and, and the other pieces, and I can't read your mind, so sometimes people will tell you that you triggered them three years later. If you want to engage in a relationship with me, then tell me what I've done fairly quickly so I can elect whether that is something that I cannot do again, or we can discuss how we're going to navigate that if we're going to move forward. And as I'm saying this, I'm saying this from a more mature stance than I've always been. There have been times in my life when, you know, I've said to people I was dating, you know, this is the way I was when you met me. And so you can engage or you can disengage, but this is the way I am. And on some level, that um, can be immature to the point of, you know, I'm not willing to evolve. But right. then depending on the, on the context, it can also be a place of strength because I'm not going to be a chameleon in order to keep you in my life. So it, right. it depends on where you're coming from. Are you being irresponsible and, and, and not just showing people grace and being thoughtful? Or are you saying, you, you know, no, I'm not going to wear all dresses. No, I'm not going to not wear makeup. No, I'm not going to dress sexy. And that's against how I am. Whatever it is that they're requesting of you, if it's something that violates your core beliefs, I would hope that you would say, this is how I was when you met me. But if it's something that is, is not a, a deal breaker or a game changer, yeah, you know, you can spice it up or do something different, but it's all about where it's coming from. Is this coming from a place of security and safety, or am I making these modifications grounded in fear that you might leave me? Yeah, I love that. I, I, I echo the, the notion to not sit on your feelings because <laughs> um, you don't know if you're triggering someone if it's not communicated. And so to me, that's a big thing. I think emotions are too fluid for me to keep up. So I've, I've always said like, hey, I can't keep up. You're going to have to help me keep up. So tell me <laughs> what is going on. And so, so that I can have the right context <laughs> for how I communicate and what I say. And if we should even be having discussions that may be hurtful to you or triggering to you at all, you know. Um, and, and a lot of times, like I, I've said before on here, 
you know, people don't know how to communicate. So we asking people to communicate emotions. That's a whole different thing within itself. So, um, yeah, I don't think we should be responsible for triggering others, but we definitely should, you know, as with all, all relationships and people that you love, you know, have a, a tender approach, have, you know, some love, some grace in those approaches regardless. But I, I'm like you, Rhonda, I'm not going to tiptoe. I will be honest with you and I will, I will approach you in an appropriate way, a heartfelt way with my honesty. But if that honesty triggers something, you're going to have to communicate that to me. Otherwise, you know, I don't know. I, I can always, I can't apologize for something I have no, I'm not aware about. Like you said, if it's you come to me three years later telling me something that I did, one, I'm probably not going to remember what I said and what I did. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing. And so that's going to make, that's going to make the comment. You already going to feel some type of way because this girl, I'm sure you remember everything, how I said it, if my eye twitched when I said it. And I ain't gonna, I have no recollection of it at all. So the conversation is already going in the wrong direction because I'm on, I'm unaware and I can't recount it. It's absolutely true. I mean, I've had people say the same thing to me and I tell you, and I can say, that sounds like something I would say. I don't remember saying it, but it sounds like something I could definitely say. And then there's sometimes people say, well, you said this, I was like, that doesn't sound like me at all. I, I, I can't defend myself because I don't know what you're talking about, but it doesn't sound like me. And, 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 and just going a step further and realizing that in some families, people grew up where emotions were not safe. It wasn't safe to express them. It wasn't even safe to acknowledge them. So sometimes we're engaging with people who are walking around and they're emotionally numb. They've tucked away their emotions in, 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 in the closet, they put it on the shelf. And, and when you start asking people how they feel, you know, they can tell you it is crazy, but they can't say, I feel sad because in some families you could be angry or you could be happy, but you couldn't be sad because that was considered weak. And so helping people to acknowledge that there is no way you should feel, tell me how you feel, where you are. And, and abandon that I should feel like this because with that comes a lot of guilt and angst and then and then pushing and tucking away because you don't want to be judged for it you know I was also when as listening to you guys talk um thinking about you know you guys sound very mature right now uh about you know well I'm gonna be my authentic self and I'm gonna do this um, but, you know, there's a lot of time where you have to grow into valuing yourself over the relationship. And I'm thinking specifically about romantic relationships where sometimes you are willing to not be your authentic self in order to keep that relationship there because the re you in a relationship is more valuable to your family or society than you by yourself. Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge that we're not all as evolved as the, where we can be like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be my authentic self and you can move if you don't want to move. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, even as we're talking, I think the only, I mean, just from my standpoint, I speak for myself. Like, I think I just happen to reflect on these things a lot and I'm able to maybe talk about it and have some language that I put to it. But in terms of applying what we're talking about, that, that, that can be very nuanced and difficult, right? To actually think about how to apply all of what we're talking about to very complex situations, right? So I'm just, I, I think to me, insight is powerful. Like at least if we can reflect on it and think about it and examine ourselves, examine our relationships, we hope that leads to powerful insights 
that could then lead to some very powerful action, right? But I think, so, I mean, I just speak for myself, like, even what we're talking about, I love what Nikita said about, like, emotions are fluid, like, and I know me, I, I know I feel things deep. People who are in any type of relationship with me know she be feeling stuff, you know? And so like that happens. And so that can be kind of tough for people. So what I've had to do, so people don't feel like they got to tiptoe and go around emotions. I've had to be very careful about being aware of my stuff, like be responsible for my emotions because that can be a lot to be fluid, feeling this way one day and another way It's like, okay, we need some stability on, on that thing, you know, say bring bring some stability into this. And so that's what I've had to do on my end in order to make relationships healthier. It's like, okay, how can I, I know they may be fluid and change some, I mean, I'm human, but Kyla, if it's too much fluctuations going on, let, let's see what that's about so that you can bring your healthy yourself to the relationship. So, I mean, I can be aware of that, but that's an ongoing process, right? Like I'm willing to say that's an ongoing process to be aware of that um, in all relationships, not just romantic. And it's hard to it's hard to love Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in one person. You need to know have some stability and know what you're bringing. Mm -hmm. I, I chuckle because with my with my husband, you know, I thought we were so normally I sent my representative on dates, you know, and that was the the good me, the wonderful Rhonda, the the Rhonda who whatever the good stuff. I didn't send the real Rhonda out. But my husband got to know the real Rhonda because I just thought he was my friend. So when I say this is the way I was when you met me, it really is because I didn't send the representative out. He met, uh, he met Rhonda. He didn't meet Rhonda, the sweet Rhonda. He met Rhonda in all of her glory and all of the nonsense, you know. It's, but many times, you know, we we put on our, our fresh faces and we go out. And the truth of the matter is Halloween is every day of the year because we all go out in mask many times, <laughs> you know, from work to wherever we put on our mask. And then when we and we give the world the best of us and then we bring our families home, the rest of us, the tired us, the I didn't say no to my boss and I should have us, the I, I, I was overtalked in the boardroom and, and that... Uh, heifer upset me and I didn't say anything. I just ate my way through it. And now I'm coming home and I'm kicking the dog, I'm cussing, doing whatever. But, you know, but on the scene, I'm singing gospel and I'm happy and I'm praising the Lord. But when I go home, my family sees the unsaved, <laughs> uncut edition and it's gangster. <laughs> mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, that's okay, right? Because you're you should have a safe place at home to be able to be like, hey, this is hard. Like I had a rough day. I am not feeling like it right now. I'm gonna eat all this ice cream because this is what happened. But to a certain extent, you should have that safe space. But you can't like abuse the safe space to where you're now abusing that person in the relationship. That's so key. I'm glad you said it. I just got to, if I could just chime in for a second, like I totally, totally agree with that. I think it's about just how we respond. Like we have to know it is okay. Like, like I know Tiffany, you said, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to come into a space and we want to do that. Like you said, we're tired. We have life stress. We in a whole pandemic, right? Like we all are dealing with a lot. It's just how do we respond to that? How are we going to be healthy in a relationship and, and be really, we, we almost have to have double and triple doses of communication, of problem solving. I know that's tough when we're already drained, but that don't mean, oh, I'm tired today, so I'm going to come in and be snappy at you and be negative and be 
and just say, oh, it's because I'm tired or oh, it's because, oh, I'm drained. And that's why I'm having a pattern. Like Nikita said earlier, now I'm establishing a pattern because, well, we've been in a pandemic for a year. So everybody just tired and fatigued. So that means you can just like, like come in and be unkind. Like, no. So, mm -hmm. so what do we do? Like, because I just want to make sure that we leave our live today with some practical tips of how do we bring our best and healthiest self to relationships? How do we break this cycle? Nikita talked about like, we're not good communicators on the whole. How do we break these poor communication cycles so that we're building healthy relationships? Start with yourself, you know. Do the work to heal, to, you know, um, increase your communication skills, all those um, things that you need in your toolbox to be in a healthy relationship. Um, start some of that. And I'm not saying that you have to be um, a, a whole healthy person before you can engage with people. <laughs> But if you're doing the work, then you're more conscious, you're, you know, you are more kind in those relationships and you um, are able to have healthier relationships in a sense. So um, start with yourself because you are giving yourself to someone regardless if you recognize it or not. Like you can, you're going to give your, your torn self to somebody if you ain't doing the work. You can give your healing self to somebody if you are doing the work. <laughs> So that's what relationships are. So do the work, um, start the journey to healing. I agree. I think that's key. I think it's, it's so much involved in that. I was just kind of reflecting on what you were saying, Nikita, because it's even though that like that's so necessary, I think that can be that can be so difficult. So hopefully people know like give whatever support you need in that. If it's other people in, in your life, I mean, I know it's a blessing to maybe have somebody in your in your, in your either community somehow, your faith community, your family of somewhere, if they are doing that and have done that work, could be a mentor and can kind of help along the way with that. Um, or if people obviously support from a mental health professional, like a counselor or something, there's a lot of relationship people out there. There are, you know, marriage and family therapists, people out there who really, that's their focus. They've been trained to help with all of this and to be a support because it can be, it can be very difficult. But one of the things that, you know, that I kind of think about at least my idea of what it means to be loving to people, that if I get that clear in my mind, that that's a value is to be loving. So if I know that I can't have a loving interaction with somebody, then I'm really maybe going to try to not have a conversation with them at that time. If I need to kind of get myself together, like I just make clear, it's almost like boundaries with myself. Like I know these are my parameters. If I'm not in a healthy place emotionally and I'm feeling a lot, I need to calm down first. I need to reflect, I need to pray, I need to walk, run, whatever I need to do, and then come back to a conversation. So have certain rules in my mind. That's basically, I guess what I'm saying. Have certain rules in my mind about how I am going to go into an interaction, how I'm going to not, and do, and do my best with that. Mm. And, and I'll echo what you all have said in terms of, of working on the inner, inner man. So, so often we work so much on the, the outward man. We're working out, we're trying to eat healthy, we're doing all that stuff and not realizing that a lot of times our, our, our eating choices and our, our absence of working out or our working out is really a reflection of what's going on, on the inside. So taking care of the in, inner man, whether that be through mental health treatment, professional mental health treatment with someone who can, 
can respect and value your core values, whether that be LGBTQ, whether that be faith, whether that be your ethnicity, but someone who can recognize and value where you're coming from, the other pieces, you know, in relationship to your faith, whatever that is, but aligning with faith and then certainly investing in communications, the root of many of our, our childhood issues and even our work issues, our ulcers, our migraines, our you know, headaches, our whatever that is, is not communicating effectively. And so we crush things and we push stuff down. And then it's if we're not communicating it, it starts to show up in, in headaches and 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 all kinds of different things. And so certain certain things that you can can certain ways to improve your communication skills might be Toastmasters or less brown or or something to where you learn to communicate effectively and then invest in that ongoing invest you know invest in marriage therapy invest in therapy for yourself ongoing and so i mean i think that you guys have talked about those practical things that we need in our toolbox and i just want to remind everyone that you're worth that investment you're worth having that toolbox you're worth bringing your healthiest self to the relationship a lot of times when we're in relationships with other people, their needs come first. We, that's what we've been taught, you know, esteem others before ourselves. Um, you know, I need this person in my life. I don't want to lose this relationship. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to diminish just a little bit, but you are worth learning how to assert a, a conversation so that you can mm -hmm. state your needs very clearly without being aggressive, without doing all the things that are going to turn people off. You're worth the marriage counseling. So you learn how to interact with your significant other. You're worth the individual counseling so you can learn how to identify your feelings, how to connect it you know, to the trauma that you've had in the past. As Kyla said, the big T and the little T trauma. So you know, you're, you're worth finding those connections so that you can be your healthiest self. And a lot of times we don't make those investments because we don't think we need them or we don't think we're valuable enough to put that work in and you are. So. I hope that today, you know, we talk, We started off talking about the family feuding, but I hope that today that we're ending up with some, just a few tips on how to be our healthiest self in relationships, because we love our family, most of them. We, we want to be around them. And so we want to make sure that we are building healthy family relationships so we can break this cycle of bad communication and poor relationships in our families and our communities. Before we end today, I just want to remind everyone that we talk a lot and we got some podcasts up for you to watch and listen to. So please go and listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, and any other listening platform. Like and rate and listen to us. Um, if you have comments about topics you want us to cover, put them in the uh, comment box now or comment on our Facebook page. We're happy to talk about things that are relevant to you and things that you want to hear our thoughts about because we like to talk. And as always, when life throws you lemons, make sure you turn it into sweet tea and lemonade.